0: This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now.
1: Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. It is a freaking Friday. We're getting down. We got so much stuff on board for today. I know I say that every day because I actually mean it, but we got right. something super, super in store for you all. It's going to be really great. Uh, if you're a true Atlanta fan, a true, true Atlanta fan, you'll understand exactly why this is a special one for we got for you today. But first of all, I just want to start off by saying, Thank you for a, making ATL Day 1s your first listen of the day. And I also want to let you know, and we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your, your podcast, make sure you give us a five-star review so all your friends, your mama, your cousin, your auntie, and your uncles can find out about us. That's the only way. Or you can just simply do it like the old school way. Just give them a phone call and say, hey, <laughs> ATL Day 1s is the ish. Y'all need to check them out. <laughs> That's all you got to do. It's not that hard. All right. Coming up, the Braves. Oh, man. They're still doing their thing. Dansby's yes. doing his thing. Max <laughs> Fried is doing his thing. Oh, my God. We got to talk about that. And the special guest that we're talking about, Harry Douglas, Yay! former Atlanta Falcons, is going to join us in the next segment. So stick around for that. And last but not least, and for the culture, snoop out here hiring folk to roll up his blunts. If you don't know what a blunt is, stick around. We'll tell you exactly what it is. But T, last night, <laughs> the Pittsburgh Pirates take that L to the home team. The Atlanta Braves, three to one. Max Free, six innings. He only gives up one run, gave up eight hits, but he was able to figure out how to get out of that thing. Eight strikeouts. Man, it was just a a, a, a sight to see. Like to see Max Free get on the mound. It's almost kind of like you got that confidence, like, yeah. This yeah. is our ace. Yeah. They don't have a chance. I, was, yeah. I don't know about you, but I was loving it last night.
0: Oh, yeah. I was really excited. But like I said yesterday, they're the type of team that does give teams fits. Did I think that the Braves were going to pull it out? Absolutely. But right. did I think they could give some trouble? That, too. So right. the the most encouraging thing for me last night in Max Reed's start was getting out of jams because you're not going to always have – an amazing six innings, or like we saw from Kyle Wright, an amazing eight innings, sometimes it's going to be like we saw from a both where it's a little shaky to begin, right? He gets in a jam in the first inning, gets in a jam in the third inning, but what does he do? He gets out of the jam. And like you said, eight hits, but hey, you got eight strikeouts. So that's a right. beautiful thing. And you gave, you you kept the Pirates at bay just enough just enough for your bats to come through and bring it home and you didn't need much but those three runs you got were critical and once again you got the defense that you needed as well so we got yet another all-around yet another complete performance from this brave squad
1: No, and also got to give kudos to the law firm Smith mentor and Jansen you know anytime you need them just give them a call they'll just come on right in it was just it, last night like they didn't yeah. put up the those that was the type of games that i really like you know I, yeah. of course i love them yeah. putting up 12 runs and the game being right. out of hand by the seventh eighth inning and they kind of cruise into cruising to into a win but sure. it is cool to see you know the, those that back end of that you know the bullpen yeah. or the night shift so to speak to come in yeah. and, and kind of do the thing will smith comes in he doesn't worry you to death and mm-hmm. and to have seven men on base and trying to figure out with with no outs right. <laughs> and trying to figure out how to get out of the inning and you have AJ mental come in and then Kimmy yes. Jansen starting to get back on track. It is just, it seems like just a lot of things are starting to really work for this team T and yes. when you have a team like this going eight, eight wins in a row.
0: Eight ooh,
1: you better look out, bro.
0: Yeah. I, I absolutely love it because again, we can all say, oh yeah, that's an easy team to beat if it's a Diamondbacks or the Rockies or the pirates or whomever but you still have to get on that baseball field and you still have to beat those teams. And the Braves have done that. They understood, they understood the assignment and they completed the assignment. So yeah, very, very exciting to see what we saw out of them and just looking forward to them, keeping the momentum, because listen, it is fun for us to be able to say Braves are still undefeated in June. We love it. Yes,
1: yes, absolutely. The Braves are still undefeated in June. And I am the one that started that here. We started that here on this yeah. show. So, yeah, if you want to take it, give us our (laughs) doggone credit. And what we're going to do next, though, we're going to give credit to Mr. Harry Douglas. He's going to join us right here on ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. We got so much good stuff. Don't go anywhere. This is Locked On Sports Atlanta.
0: Welcome back to ATL Day Ones. I am Tanitra Batiste. That's my boy Jarvis Davis. And we appreciate you guys rocking with us, as always, because of you, we are almost to 2,000 subscribers on this Locked On Sports Atlanta network. So just continue subscribing. Tell a friend about us. Make sure you follow us. Make sure you like and whatever place you go to check out podcasts on the audio side, make sure you give us a five-star review. Why? Because we can bring people like Harry Douglas through and you know you want to hear from <laughs> the boy. He is hanging out with us. Listen, let me tell you, I can give him his kudos and his props for being an NFL star wide receiver with the Falcons as well as the Titans. I can give him his props for being an amazing ESPN college football analyst. I can give him his props for being Jonesboro high school's finest. I can even give him props for being one of six coaches who is a Bill Walsh fellow with the Atlanta Falcons. But you know what? I really want to give him props for being a supporter of Jarvis and I from day two. One, Jarvis and I, of course, started out, and we'll talk a little bit about this and get into it in a minute because we've got lots to talk about with Harry, but the, one of the most important things for us has been his support when we venture out into things like doing college football analysis ourselves. Nobody has stood up longest and hardest for us than Harry. So Harry, our brother, our friend, our mentor, welcome to the show.
2: But thank y'all. I I, I should have got on here a long time ago, but y'all know how crazy my schedule is. Yeah. But the most the most important thing is that I'm on here now. Y'all know how much I love y'all yeah. and will support y'all in everything that y'all do. And this is not going to be my only time on here now. I want to oh, be no. on even more. am coming back now. Because <laughs> I, I love what y'all are doing. I, from day one, I have, from going back to the days of us sitting at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, yeah. talking through games, stuff that's going on through the Falcons games and, uh, I, I just adore y'all, man. Y'all
0: mean a lot to me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Brother. Salute.
0: And listen, we had a chance to at least dap you up and get some love going on last week at the open practice for the Falcons. Yeah. And I got to see your mini-me, adorable as she is. So it was really <laughs> nice to put a name to. To a face to a name, because of course we talked about it. I've heard so much about the beautiful Harrison. So good to get to meet her as well. But one thing we wanted to talk about too, because it's so powerful when you see teams like the Falcons actually not just speak about it, Harry, but be about it. And that is really paying attention and kind of leaning into supporting diversity efforts for the league, like calling up. And just really being supporters of that Bill Walsh program. So I want to take you back to that day. Tell us how that was for you to get that call to let you know that you were selected to be a fellow.
2: Well, I'll tell you, first, I missed the call because I was on the airplane. <laughs> of course. Like, why <laughs> of course. Why sure. did that? Sure. So I, I, I missed the airplane. I mean, the call because I was on the airplane. I was heading to Vegas to do the draft with ESPN. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> I had Wi-Fi on my phone I started looking at my emails and text messages and I was like oh no I got it I got it. I got the internship yeah. and, and I'll tell you why it's, it was so important to me uh, I was a player coach on the football field and you know only up up until so much as a player because you can't see the behind the scenes thing is the mm-hmm. coaches and uh, general managers and owners and team presidents and, and whatnot and everyone goes through uh, but being able to be able to sit in there in staff meetings, offensive staff meetings, mm-hmm. um, the entire coaching staff with the general manager, Terry Fontenot, those staff meetings, those things have, have been delightful for me to be able to understand how coaches, um, how they think, what they go through, the decisions mm-hmm. they have to make, and not just coaches, general managers as well in the organization. But sitting in the offensive meetings like every day that I'm allowed to go up there because. I'm only doing it when I'm not working because I am full-time with ESPN now. Um, so if it's four days I'm not working, it's four days I'm at the complex. If it's three, it's, I'm, I'm up there three days. So do I have any time off? No, but it's a blessing to be able to sit with sit in there with offensive coaches and understand how they game, game plan, understand what they're seeing defensively, understanding how they co- they correlate plays, runs, and passes together. Mm. So that has been very eye-opening for me. And then you have so many people in there with so much experience, and you just want to learn and you want to gobble so much information up. And I'm in there writing notes every single chance that I get, asking questions. I even go to the defensive side, talk to Dean mm. Pease, talk to his son, talk to the DB coach, Coach Hope, talk to those guys and see what they're thinking um, and what their mindset is on when they see certain splits, formations, and uh what the corner and the secondary is thinking their checks so that's been a blessing for me as well
0: yes
1: heron the one thing the one thing that i've always admired about you man is just your work ethic dog like that that like i understand i fully understand why you able to accomplish what you've been able to accomplish so far man and i just want to just give you a props bro because a lot of times you know. Sometimes guys get a little, a little prideful and don't want to say the words. Out. They know it, they feel it, but they never say it out loud. So I just want to go ahead and say that. But, um, mm-hmm. but man, I think – I know a lot of times every year it seems like we're always talking about diversity and why they aren't able to get those black yeah. head coaches or, or offense coordinators aren't mm-hmm. necessarily getting a job. Eric, Eric Minnium, seems like he's been a, quote, unquote, hot candidate every year. Yep. So um, how important for you – how, is important, how important for you to to understand, like, how important it is for you to get these opportunities because the league is 75% black. It yeah. should be some type of pathway to, to, the, to, the, to get to a head coach, like a hardcore pathway. Okay, if you go this route, you should be able to be a head coach one day if you so choose. How important is that to you um, personally, and how important do you think it is for some of your colleagues, you know, to get into, try to get into programs like these?
2: Well first I think it's very important uh, because simple fact that uh, when you get these opportunities the first thing I want to point out is that you got to take them seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't just go up there, hey, I may know this person so I'm going to jack around and, and and do my thing. No, you got to put your all into it. I wake up at 4 a.m. every day. I wake up at 4 a.m. every single day so I can start to get my mind right and I head to the complex. I leave my house about 5 a.m. to head to the complex. Mm-hmm. and not necessarily because I wanna be the first person there or the second person there, but I wanna get my mind right. And especially like, say I missed the day before, I will go in there probably about 4.45 or five so mm-hmm. I can get all the information that I missed the day before. So when I'm relaying information to the players, I know what the hell I'm talking about. Yes. You know right, what I mean? Exactly. So that, that's another thing. You, you, A lot of people gotta understand when you wanna do things like that, um, you have to do things differently. You can't yeah. show up at the time that everybody else is showing up, right? You got to get in there early. Um, you got to reach the play, but you got to ask questions. Yes. Because when we're doing these internships, we don't have all the answers.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: one of the things I would say I noticed, um, not just not with the Falcons, but throughout the NFL, is that uh, people of, of of people minorities they have to stop wanting to just be a receiver coach or wanting to just be yeah. a DV coach, right? They gotta branch out and enhance things. That's one of the things me and Arthur Smith talked about. He's mm-hmm. like, Harry, listen, uh, I wanna get with you, and I wanna get want you to get with coaches as well, so you can learn the ins and outs of the offensive line and what they're doing. And mm-hmm. At some point, go over to the defensive side of the ball, uh, to to understand their calls and what they the reason the reason uh is uh, the, what's the reason for them making certain calls. And I thought that was very that was huge for me because yeah. Arthur Smith is a guy that started on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. And then he went over to the offensive side of the ball. So now as a play caller, he understands and has the mindset of a defensive play caller and what he's thinking. And that's why he had so much success uh, being a play caller because you've been on both sides. Don't mm-hmm. limit yourself, right? Ask those mm-hmm. questions, ask different coaches. Um, I even had a, had an opportunity to talk with uh, Terry Fontenot one-on-one uh, mm-hmm. because at some point, his side of what he does and being a general manager and some of the mm-hmm. scouts let me know i want to i want to piggyback uh off of them and i want to pick their brain and be able to understand how they make certain decisions in certain areas or whatnot but you said it you you, you said it in the beginning i'm a person that loves to challenge myself in every way possible yes um i mm-hmm. am thankful for everything that i have in my life but i would never be satisfied And I'm always trying to put myself in uncomfortable positions. Mm. So it allowed me to grow as a person. Um, and I tell a lot of people, is it tough right now being full-time at ESPN and doing an internship it is, but it's, it's the toughness that I wouldn't mind. And I accept because if I couldn't do it, um, I wouldn't be doing it. I feel Mm. like I can handle it and do I probably sleep three hours a night? Yes. But it's okay with me as long as I'm grinding and getting it in, it's all that matters.
0: Yeah. And, you know, Harry, as I was listening to you talk, I was thinking so many things like, oh, where do I want to go next? But one of the things that came to mind is, well, well, two people that were uh, both all three of us are familiar with. And that was Marquise Williams and him talking about some of that mentoring that really has gotten him to be who he is as a special teams coordinator because he understands the game holistically. Well, also Rico Allen used to talk about that all the time, how he would ask mm-hmm. to go into some of those um uh, offensive room, the running back room, the wide receiver room, the quarterback room, because ultimately he wants to be a coach and wanted to learn the other side of the ball as well. So I think for you, I, I have one more question for you uh, on the uh, on the Falcon side and on the, the mm-hmm. fellow side, but I also want get, to get to your ESPN piece there as well. But from a fellow perspective, I wondered how was it for you Friday because you've been a player, right? Oh, yes. And you obviously are still <laughs> an analyst, right? but you're going into that open practice for the first time as a fellow with a coach's mindset. So what was that like for you going into OTAs with that coach's mindset? It,
2: it was great. It was great. And to be able to um, talk to the young guys who haven't been uh, able to play in a professional stadium yet, especially as a professional, yeah. as they all are right now, that was good. And that's one of the things that I love about this organization because I think doing things like that, Mm-hmm. means a lot to the players and the coaches, oh, yeah. uh, especially young guys. And you never know what jitters you may be able to get out early mm-hmm. within some young players by doing things like that, having fans in the building. And it's also great for the fans to be, mm-hmm. to, to be able to only have to pay $5 to be able to come in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, be close right. up, and watch players uh, go through a practice and see some of the new faces that are on the, that are on the team and uh, that join the organization this offseason and during the mm-hmm. draft. I thought, I thought it was a great thing for the Falcons to be able to do. But yes. being in there, and I didn't get a chance to play in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, but I am a person that played in the Georgia Dome. And mm-hmm. I love the Falcons since I was a kid. I grew up watching this team. So to be able to play for this organization, not only play, but grow up watching them and them being my favorite team. But now to be able to go into those doors at Mercedes-Benz Stadium and be, be able to go in there and coach mm-hmm. uh, for the organization as well, It's something that I will will always remember the rest of my life. And not only that, you mentioned my daughter and my my son and my mom and dad, my wife, uh, my nephew was able to come, being able to have them there and see me in that setting as well. And my daughter and my son yelling for me on the side. I had to tell them to be quiet, daddy coaching (laughs) after after practice, daddy will bring you on the field, (laughs) right? But um, it, it was a thing of beauty. And I would say this. The guys uh, being able to practice in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, you've seen the intensity go up a lot more as well. You've seen a lot of young guys like, you know what? Hey, I I need to make these plays. They're fans Mm -hmm. and people out here looking at me, and this is their first time being able to see me live and in action. So you've seen a lot of those things um, uh, go on 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 that Friday practice.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think the atmosphere there was really cool. And you can even hear, listen, hear, Kyle, hear it in Kyle's pitch voice. He was like, yeah, man, it's good to have the fans mm-hmm. out here. Because, yes. you know, football players, you know, get into the camp and, and practices mm-hmm. and everything and get into the monotony of it. It's it's good to kind of switch it up and get out into the stadium. But, yes, change uh, <laughs> of scenery. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. you just need a change of scenery. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you need that change of scenery, man. Lord knows it, it helps out a lot, man, as far mm-hmm. as going through the – when you get to start getting to that grind. But, Harry, you mentioned something earlier about, you know, going out to Las Vegas. So I know you were following mm-hmm. the draft really, really closely, man. And mm-hmm. I know there was a lot of conversations about um, Desmond Ritter when he was drafted to the Falcons, and there was a lot of conversations about Malik Willis um, mm-hmm. coming out and, and, and him ending up with the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. My question to you is, who do you think ends up having a quote-unquote better season? Who who's gonna be? Who do you think is going to be more productive this year, uh, Desmond Ritter or Malik Willis?
2: So this is a tricky one because both of them have to do what they're supposed to do to even be the starters. Right, You know exactly. what I mean? Yep, because, yep. you know, you have Marcus Mariota, who's right now the starter for the Atlanta Falcons. And mm-hmm. I played with Marcus his his first three years in the league, and he's mm-hmm. uh, been doing a tremendous job. And it's funny because I'm used to him wearing number eight, and he's wearing number one now. So his nickname, <laughs> I, I call him, was Ocho. So oh now when God. I he come in the meeting room, I'm like, "Uno!" Looking right. at me. no. So, <laughs> so we, uh, we have a little joke about that. Right. Cameron Batson, who we just brought over from, uh, yeah. well, he was with the Tennessee Titans. I He's think believe he was a free agent. Uh, mm-hmm. he just signed with the Falcons too. He was like, man, I got to get used to calling the moon. now I'm used to seeing them with number eight on, You're right. but Dez has has done a great job so far. Um, I love his tone in the huddle. I love the command mm-hmm. that he has and then not only that when he's with the rookies they're at the hotel and stuff right now staying staying and whatnot but when they were at the apartments behind the complex he would get those guys up and go through plays and go through things Um, when they're doing some community service events he have them on the bus going through plays and whatnot Mm -hmm. on this off time they're going through stuff but I think him and Marcus complement one another each other uh, very very well and I know Marcus is going to do everything that to help Dez out and I know Dez If there's any way that he can help Marcus out is going to do the same thing but Mm -hmm. it's great when you when you're able to have friendly competition on your team uh two guys who I had the utmost respect for Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter but I am a firm believer of having your backup quarterback similar to your starting quarterback so if someone Mm -hmm. goes down and behold, no one goes down but if someone goes down you don't have to uh, change up your entire offense or tailor your offense towards a particular type of uh, uh player you can mm-hmm. just plug him right in and he can do the same things that Marcus did or Marcus can do the same thing as Desmond did.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I'm I, I'm coming for, for my ESPN question, I promise you, because I got questions. But yeah. as a former wide receiver in the NFL, yeah. I have to ask you, because you talked about competition and Arthur Smith has mentioned that. And I love one thing that I really like and respect about him, Harry, is that he's consistent and it's not just words. He shows it in his actions in terms of competition. He has said from day one, Pretty much last year, last season, no job is safe. There's a competition at every position. And I think you mentioned Cameron Batson, one of the newer additions, if you will, to the wide receiver room. Again, showing that, hey, yes, we have, and I call it the extended wide receiver room when I talk to this. <laughs> so just follow me on that one. But yeah, we've got that weapon in Kyle Pitts. And then we drafted a weapon in Drake London. And now we're adding weapons like Brian All Edwards. Right. That room is Packed, is packed out, but I wanted to get your thoughts on that wide receiver room and also how you think that wide receiver room could help out Mariota and Ritter because Jarvis and I have been looking at different pundits saying that they think the Falcons, you know, may end up with the third pick next year, maybe the fifth, and they're all pointing to who's under center, but I think that wide receiver room may give some good opportunities for this Falcons offense in the fall.
2: I believe so, and one of the things I think that stands out mainly is the size, the size of guys now. And I'll tell you what size does at the wide receiver position. It allows the quarterback, if he happens to be a tad bit off, to just still give the, give the wide receivers a chance. You can throw it anywhere around their body, and guys mm-hmm. being so bigger, and you having smaller DBs, they can still go up and make the play and make the catch. But I'll start with a guy like Drake, Drake London. They drafted him eighth overall, and for a guy that's six four the way he's able to sink his hips and get in and out of breaks. But not only that, the, his feel for the game. He just has a natural feel and a natural gnat for the game of football on how to get open at the top of route. So I'm really looking forward to to him and then the will that he presents every day to get better and wants to learn and, and just be that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him. You look at Auden Tate, they brought him in, another big body guy. He's doing well. Uh, G A, who played at Green Bay at one point, uh, mm-hmm. with with a guy like Aaron Rodgers, he's 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 another guy with some size. He's been doing a tremendous job. Um, who else do we have? Brian Edwards, being able to trade yeah. for him, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, and I, Brian Edwards to me, when he was coming out of the draft, he was kind of mm-hmm. my diamond in the rough. He's a mm-hmm. he's guy that I that I thought that was going to be able to um, have a, a nice career in the National Football League. Um, and then, then you have Cameron Batson. You have Alameda Zacchius, who I think is the more, mm-hmm. probably if, if not the hardest working guy on the Atlanta Falcons roster. He's up there. He has to be top two or top three. Yeah. He's done a tremendous job being able to show these guys how to practice, what to expect every day, and how to go about your business. So he's been the ultimate pro. And mm-hmm. then you have other guys here, Hodge. We call him Red. Hodge is a guy that, that has doing red very, very well as well. He's played, mm-hmm. I, I believe he. I think he played in um, Detroit last, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the room is full of competition, and you want that friendly competition because, listen, competition can only do two things. It can up your play, or you can fold. Mm -hmm. And which which, which end of the spectrum do you want to go? But I think the most impressive thing out of this group is that you have so many intelligent football players, guys that can attain – information and go out there, especially with it's new things you're putting in, go out there and and, and, and run it on the field and not have any men, mental errors. So that's one of the things that, that, that I've been so excited about is that these guys are very, very intelligent and they can't wait to get out there and make plays. And they're going hard. When I mean they're going hard, man, they're going hard. And they're going to provide some stuff for these, for these quarterbacks to be able to uh, throw the ball to. Love it
1: yes indeed well Harry man we we definitely want to uh say thank you for for joining us man and and uh kicking it with us for a few minutes like I said this will not be the last time you come on this show man and uh (laughs) and uh like I said man do um many blessings to you my brother on the on the internship and and congratulations again man for ESPN dude just doing your thing dog hey man Like, I I look at you like a brother, my man. I'm rooting for you right here on the sidelines, my dog. And uh, we'll we'll see you again. And uh, that's Harry Douglas, former Atlanta Falcon wide receiver, former uh, Tennessee Titan ESPN employee. We wanted to say thank you all for joining us real quick, but don't go anywhere. For the Culture is next. We'll be right back, right here on ATL Day 1s with part of Locked On Sports Atlanta final segment of ATL day ones with Jarvis and Tineetra We want to just say thank you thank you thank you for rocking with us we hope you enjoyed that Harry Douglas interview make sure you watch it 13,000 times I promise you will <laughs> enjoy it every time uh but we also <laughs> want to say thank you for um continue to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel which is Locked On Sports Atlanta we are a part of that there are a, two other shows on this channel as well Hitting Hard with John Chuckery and A to Z with Mark Zeno. Make sure you check them out, too. They got a lot of good stuff for you. And we are pushing, pushing, pushing towards 2K, 2,000 subs. We want to make sure y'all be a part of that. If you haven't subscribed, what are you waiting on? Like, you do choose you today <laughs> Like come on now Choose you today You know You trying to get the milk And don't want the cow Like you got to get Both of them things or, or however that saying is I don't know I just butchered that Alright This is for the <laughs> culture y'all um, This is the intersection Between sports Entertainment And the culture And sometimes It's whatever the hell We want to talk about I can mess up sayings That people have been saying For the longest <laughs> right. ever But you know We, we going to try to get This thing back on track T. <laughs> When you sent me this story, like, I know I say that a lot, but I just really just wholeheartedly believe that this is probably one of the more interesting things that I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. All right, so earlier on in the show, I teased that, you know, Snoop Dogg has, somebody, has a staff, you know, and one person's job description is to roll blunts. Now, what is a blunt, Jarvis, for all my folks who are done with it? All right, a blunt is a cigar. Where they take all the guts of the cigar, all the tobacco out of the cigar, and they uh, insert marijuana. And everybody knows Snoop is a uh, Navid smoker, so yes. you know he needs his stuff handled. Like you know he getting tired of it. You've been doing it for so long that he's getting tired of rolling those things up. And so he <laughs> hired somebody. And there was a, a Twitter account that tweeted out that the person that does that makes between forty and fifty grand a year. Which is not a bad salary now. That's I know some people may look down and ah, oh, ain't no money, but think about what he's doing and right. you know you getting to kick it with Snoop, you know. So yeah, it's not a couple little benefits there, right? All right. And Snoop um, had just so happened to find a tweet. Mm-hmm. He quote tweeted and said, "Hey, inflation. So that uh, so the price going up. Like this yes. is the boss saying, hey, it's inflation." um and uh yeah it's time for for he got a little raise or whoever he or she got a a nice little raise for Mm -hmm. doing what i asked him to do you know doing that job very well so shout out to snoop for you know being a good boss how about that
0: shout out to snoop first of all for being boss enough to be able to hire somebody just to roll it up for him that's what like I want. Roll up, man. What? <laughs> you know, it took me back to this old school, old school song. You know, roll it up, my homeboys. Yeah, and I uh-huh. was like, oh, Snoop has graduated from his homeboys rolling it up for him. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. he's just to pay somebody to do it. I think it's a beautiful that's thing. That's
1: PhD stuff, like yes. that's PhD level type stuff, right there. Oh, like yeah.
0: that's like, the PhD I really of get, Yeah, I really couldn't get past that part, but. Once I got past that part, I was like, you know what, that is such a snoop thing to do to like show love. If, you, if you're if you doing something for him and you're rocking with him in a good space, in a good place, he is going to absolutely take care of you. And I thought to myself like, hmm, you know, when I was in college, I definitely was restricted about the jobs I could have just because of like my academic schedule and all the stuff mm-hmm. I was doing at school, right? And so mm-hmm. I went, I only had two jobs that entire time. One of them was the same thing. One of them was, oh, God, I'm not getting enough to do here. I'm bored out of my mind, but I can't study on this job. I just I got to quit. And then the other one, it just got kind of dangerous going back and forth between the campus and the the job. So I ended up quitting. Mm -hmm. But I got to tell you, if that would have been a job in college, especially because, you know, me, Jarvis, I don't smoke and I don't drink. Never have. Mm -hmm. So I would have been perfect for Snoop Dogg because he wouldn't have to worry about me like basically smoking up my own supply of what I'm rolling up for him. So I would have been like the perfect employee for him, right?
1: Yeah, like, yeah. Like you good. would have been the absolute perfect employee. Yeah. Because, you
0: know, also I'm really neat. So, you know, yeah. If, yeah. it would have been rolled yeah, to that perfection. Thing, per,
1: like perfection. Like, <laughs> yes. like oh, that, was a, that wasn't right. Let me go ahead and get that. Let me get that right. little leaf off of there right there. Right. Make exactly. sure that's not and too I moist there. <laughs> So I would
0: never, he wouldn't have even needed to, for me to sign one of those NDAs because, boom, I wouldn't have told anybody what was going on. Anyway, you, you go over there, you do you, and I'm just going to be over here neatly rolling and making my 50 grand and knowing that if inflation <laughs> kicks in again, my 50 might turn to 60, and who knows? I might become the assistant, and then I might be, you know, like I might move up the chain. Like, yeah. man, you got to look at the bigger picture of what this could be for you. I ain't mad. That's, I'm
1: mad. Man, I I love me some Snoop because, you know, he is just evolved from Doggy World to yes. drop a gospel album. And I'm just like, right. man, this is dude it is constantly evolving and
0: I love it. I love yeah. it. I love it. it. Yeah, so it actually works. And speaking. you know what, speaking of evolution, Jarvis and I continue to evolve and we continue to bring you the ever evolving sports landscape here in Atlanta. So don't forget to come back and join us on Monday as Bree. Just appreciate you guys of course for rocking with us as always. And hey, After you check us out today, you know you're going to want to check us out again because it's been a great show. Tell everybody else to check us out and then tell them to go check out and Heart with John Chuckery. So for Jarvis, I am Tanitra, and we appreciate you guys for joining and supporting the entire Lock On Sports Atlanta family. Have a great weekend. Be safe
1: in the MATL streets. Y'all come back now, you hear?